Ah, well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever this podcast may find you. It is I, as always, Gavin. And I, Justin. And, uh, yeah, we are we are back. I feel like it's been a while since I've been here. We didn't miss a week or anything, did we? No, we didn't, because we recorded our last podcast on edit when we were finishing up the editing of uh, the Death Cars okay. here. Okay. I think the reason it feels weird is because prior to that, we had me having COVID, so you weren't here. And then we had. Oh, we recorded one here. Mm-hmm. We did. Okay. Um, yeah, last week was recorded here. Then the week before that was recorded remote. And I think there was a couple others in between. We've been basically leapfrogging recordings. Yeah, kind of. So either way, it's been. Probably feels like it's been a while because there's been times it hasn't been here. <laughs> Welcome back to normalcy. <laughs> exactly. Um, We're trying to keep it consistent, though, because, you know, uh, consistency is how you, like, grow stuff. And this is nice. It's just, a, sit- it's just fun to do, yeah. Yeah, it's just sitting in here versus remote. Like, remote's great, technology's amazing, but... Well, I'm glad we can do it remotely. Yeah, it gives us plenty of flexible options. It saves it, me money on gas. Mm-hmm. But down here, <laughs> like, we have our big old table and mixer, our other display. Yeah. And, you know? Well, you got the Christmas lights and the Porsche and... Gavin's ticket. No speed limit uh, right under the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to switch those, actually. I think maybe... The- actually, no. No, I take that back. It's good right now. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's good where it is. Yeah, but no, it's it's all cool and dandy. Um, so what have you been up to this week? Uh, what have I been up to this week? Uh, this is, oh god, this is making for such great radio. I got my snow tires on. Good. Um, my car feels the as most most like a rally car as, as it ever has before. Um, I'm actually getting brakes done after this. I'm going to my buddy Sasha's place. Um. My friend Sasha, who actually emigrated here from Belarus in 2004. He is a legit Belarusian. Uh, he is a Belarusian, um, but I was like his first friend here in 2004. So we've been, yeah, he goes way, we go way back. But um, he has a spec Miata, not spec Miata, but an ND Miata. Excuse me. Uh, a Miata, an ND Miata that I drove in 2021. Yeah. Last year, and I had it for a week, and actually wrote an article on it that is on our website at www.exhibitionspeed.com. Go check it out. We have a couple other articles, and I want to add more to those going on later. But um, yeah, he has some tools. Uh, I'm bringing the RBF 660, doing a fluid flush, and he he's the kind of person that really tries to maximize dollars. But like in a really good way though. Yeah. Um. He has been able to find, like, not like back alleyways, but just like these unknown brand. At least to me, like unknown brands or products that like, I don't know. Instead of like say for a Fiesta going to Mountain and getting a brake kit or whatever, like he'll like go and search Rock Auto or search like other sites and like find interesting things. And yeah. he found a a brake compound for his Miata. That he uses, um, he's in TT3 in uh, in NASA. Okay. So, and he's towards the top, at least for like his class. So, um, I trust him. Oh, yeah. Um, we, he and I did a, a brake fluid flush. Ooh, when was that? I got, okay, so I got some brakes done. I'm trying to think of how it went. Because it was towards the end of 2020, when I when I recall like really really needing some brakes, yeah. So I got pads and rotors in the winter, but I think I got them done later. <laughs> I think I kind of skimmed by for a bit, maybe a bit more than I should. And uh, I think we got them done like towards the beginning of last year. Maybe it was the end of twenty twenty. I don't know. My brain is like all 
kerfuffled yeah. about about that. So, yeah, it's been a little while, and I have dot four, but it's like Mercedes dot four because I needed it in a pinch. And picking it from Rally Sport Direct fucking sucks, <laughs> especially if you have a day job. Yeah, because I'm sure they're like nine to five. Uh, maybe it's like even like nine to four or something or eight to four. I don't know. It's just like I couldn't work with my schedule. Yeah. And I didn't like I was cheap for some reason. I didn't want to like pay to have it shipped to my place, even though I just fucking should have. Um, but anyways, I was in a rush and just needed to flush my, my fluid. So I went to the Mercedes and Draper cause it was actually on the way to a watch event that I was shooting. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, uh, I just gotta hurry and rush and try to do this. And it was all frantic about it. But, um, I mean that fluid has done me well. I've, I couldn't tell you how many miles I put on it, but it was like towards the beginning of last year. So it's been over 18 months of, you know, a lot of Canyon driving with that fluid. I, t- I guess I took that to LA. Yeah. That was in my car when I, when we did the canyons in LA, the canyons here, I haven't done any track time with it, but um, that's something I'd like to do next year. Yeah. Actually, that'd be kind of fun. Um, But yeah, we, so I got these new pads. The pads that I've had on my car are like the upgraded S pads. They are FOMOCO. They are Ford OEM pads. Uh, pads, but they were just an upgraded from the base Fiesta ST pad that I had before. Yeah. So I know. Uh, I mean, it means funny you're going to do that. Like I got my snow tires on as well, which that's actually a little bit of a story. A long time coming on the Saab. Well, and let me get into this first. Yeah. So let me ahead. just round out my car. Um. So I'm normally what I w- would I do with uh, my wheel and tire setup is keep a proprietary set per season. And I think that will still be the case going forward. I have had my uh, black OEM five spokes that are just curved as fuck chipped. They just look like ass. Um, and I skipped putting the tires on those wheels so I could keep the, the Blizzax uh, on my Integrales. Yeah. Which is, I think kind of the way to go. They are, they're not perfect either. Like some, like they have some rock chips on them and they look kind of like gnarly, but um, you know, gold integrales with Blizzax on them. And I actually heard recently Team O'Neill, who runs Fiesta STs in like their rally schools and stuff. Yeah. They use WS90 Blizzax for their dirt tires. Interesting. Yeah. So I have tires that a rally school runs on their on their cars. I have a spoke design that was inspired heavily from some of the most iconic, like the most iconic era of rally. Yeah. Being the late 80s or in the 80s. Um, and finished in a color that is iconic for Subaru, which is also kind of my background too, mm-hmm. and also really well-known, you know, famous rally cars, you know, silver or sorry, uh, gold wheels. So it's kind of like this menage a trois of you know rally history. Yeah, and you had these big chunky tires on them, so it, it just looks the part. It, it looks the part, and it you know it's a menage a trois of like pulling from three distinct eras of like the late eighties, the early two thousands and now current era. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. No, I think it's awesome. And yeah, um, I, I think it's funny actually. I just, I keep forgetting this, but I just remembered that like our cars share the same bolt pattern too. I keep remembering we've talked and joked oh my about God. that. We should like throw jack stands on my car and throw the integrales on your car and just see oh, how it looks. I don't even know if they would fit. So like, probably not. So, they're two. They're well. They're two hundred five forty seventeens. 
Yeah, so I think it would be pretty tight. Um, just, not to drive, by the way, no, just to like just, just to sit in your driveway. <laughs> no, and it would be funny because with how low that car sits and how the wheel well is so tucked close, yeah. that wheel would fill the entire yeah, wheel. Yeah, you'd well. probably be sitting on rubber. Yeah, I do know there are a couple people that have been able to fit 18s on the Sobs. That's ridiculous. But, are those with lifts? Uh, no, the, but the, but they have to do a little bit of tucking in, and you know they have to make some custom adjustments to make them fit right. Um, but like on, so on my car, um, I have to give a little bit of a backstory here. My car, that Saab had the traditional 15 inch three spokes from factory. Uh huh. Um, there was another set of three spokes called super arrows, which basically take those and give it a big deep dish around and bump up the size to 16. Sure. I had a set of those that came with my car and I ended up really fucking wrecking one of them. Like, um, like mm-hmm. into a curb at 40, took out a good four inch long, two inch deep chunk out of the entire side. It was, it was great. At, well done. At that time, those wheels, you could find a set for like 500 bucks. Uh-huh. So I threw them to the side and then we ended up meeting our friend Nate, who owns now a, you know, a uh, wheel repair shop sure. just north of me. He's powder coated my, he's the one that powder coated my wheels gold actually. Yeah. And so, um, I finally had somebody to fix that wheel, but at that time, I was broke trying to start this up, so I had to wait until about early last year in 2021 mm-hmm. to go get it fixed and refinished. And it was a lot of work just because there was legitimately probably a pound of material missing. Like it was a lot of material yeah. missing from this wheel. But by that point, those wheels had gotten so expensive. You used to be able to find a full average set, possibly needing refinishing, but straight for 500 bucks. Sure. Now you can't even find them for 500 a wheel. Jesus. So now they're like a full good set is between two to twenty five hundred dollars. Jeez. So they're I was like okay. like in original condition or, or like what kind of condition are we that's, talking? Here? That's refinished. Original. You know, that is. Yes. Wow. Ori- original condition. You're talking fifteen hundred roughly. Okay. So, but this wheel repair ended up being about four hundred and fifty bucks, which uh, is average. Yeah, um, especially for what needed to be done. Yeah. Um, so that was fixing it and refinishing it. And then I brought it home. It looked beautiful. But then the other three wheels didn't really match very well because they um, they did get refinished about a decade ago, I think. Sure. But it's still been a decade and I've put, I put 30,000 miles on those wheels myself. I drove back from Boston on those wheels. So yeah. they, they've had some wear and tear. Yeah. And then I had this beautiful, pristine wheel that you couldn't even tell where the repair was done. Yes. So what I, I ended up in a chicken and egg scenario. So um, to refinish the other three wheels, they didn't need any fixing as far as physically. They just needed to be repainted. I was told that like we should have tires on them first. That way we don't need to mount them. Don't risk damaging them. But 16-inch by six wheels are kind of a pain in the ass to find performance tires for these oh, They're days. by six. Yeah. They're fucking narrow. They're a weird size. Back in the 80s, that was a entry-level performance size sure now that's like 30 years later you know that's like your your basic 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 cars you know wider than that they're sevens Mm -hmm. now and on top of that like a 16 inch just a far wheel diameter um that you know since the early 2000s has been like impalas you know like regular ass cars so most of the tires even if that yeah mm -hmm. i mean chevy aveos yep you know like most of the tires made for that wheel size now are not performance oriented whatsoever and are big so does anyone like bar none make a 16 inch wheel like like oems like are there car are there any cars now that come with 16s my well cars no trucks yes my tacoma 16s so like there are 
things that have a 16 inch diameter okay. but i don't know about cars i'm thinking like corollas are probably 17s i think they are i think pretty much everything is seven 17 is the go-to now i think yeah um maybe, this is funny because i think my dad's 964 came on 17s yeah 17 so the hierarchy of wheels like 17 was performance that was what my audis had in the early 2000s yeah um that you know that was like your entry-level performance and at that time 21s was like the end of the world amazing you know like higher end cars performance wise um now 17 is pretty normal 21s normal performance and like 22 and up is like your porsches and things like that yeah uh well it's funny i think it's the well the the big amg suvs so like the gle amg or like the gls amg those are 23s yep which is nuts that's crazy yeah so i ended up in this predicament where getting tires for these wheels like brand new tires like dws 06 pluses or whatever yeah is more than the 19s on my Stinger was. Like, yeah. the same tires, but to buy a 16-inch variant of them costs more because they're so low volume, because yeah. nobody buys them. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like $1,000 to get a set of tires, roughly, um, and then, you know, an additional $500 to just refinish each of the, all three wheels total. So I was like, ah, 1500 bucks. Like, I'm getting closer to that being just a thing to be easy, but it's not easy still. It's still a lot of money. Um... So they just sat. They've sat for a year and a half since I got that wheel refinished. And then on Wednesday, I was at um, a dealership that I work with, and he got a car traded in that happened to come with these 16-inch snow tires, just not mounted, just with the car. And he, I saw him stacking them and like taking pictures of them, asked him what was going on. They were 195 40 16s, so the size that would fit What perfectly. you need. And he's like, you want them? And sorry, I, I misquoted you earlier when I told him about it. It was 100 bucks. It wasn't 50. Um, but wow. still. Still, whatever. Like, they're four-year-old. Um, almost per, free. Per, yeah, four-year-old, almost free Pirelli snow tires. Yeah. Of the same, uh, I actually had that brand before on one of my Audis, and uh, that specific model, and they were fantastic. Yeah. So I bought them, and then went and took them, got them mounted uh, on the wheels yesterday, and then threw them up. Because the problem the that basically solved the chicken and egg dilemma of i didn't want to sit here and pay so much money for tires and then pay to refinish just to throw wheels on there when i've been running on like 10 year old tires for that thing for a while it's not good it's just what i had I'm, and I, no i know but that thing also doesn't get driven it's uh, i see yeah. you know very specifically it doesn't go far yeah. um so that was okay to just trundle around town it was yeah. not not okay to do other things especially when one of them has had a leak for two years yeah i mean i would even argue that 10 year old tires aren't safe just to be driven on the road period no and that's that's fair and accurate and i follow that rule with pretty much every other car like this, performance driving you know not even being exactly in, the, in, in play no and i completely agree this was just more of a situation of like I don't want to throw money at the 15-inch tires, so I have tires that have good enough tread that aren't weather-cracked. They're not, like, immediately dangerous yeah. by any means. Yeah. I can run around on those until I find a solution, and finally the solution presented itself. Right. So the car is now back. You lucked out. Yeah, exactly. The car is now back on the beautiful deep-dish 16s that I remember the car from when I bought it, and it's been almost five years yeah. that I haven't had those on the car. And mm -hmm. It was cool to see them return to form. Kind of weird because usually on those 16s, I'd have a 205, so it'd be a slightly taller sidewall and wider, which would feel the wheel well a little bit more. Um, so it looks a little interesting. Uh, there's a lot more <laughs> yeah. wheel than tire than there usually is. Yeah. And those wheels also have a really, really thick lip. Mm -hmm. And so it just makes the tires look puny. But at the same time, with snow tires, a little bit narrower is actually a better thing. Yeah, because it cuts through the snow better. Yep. And... 
no, I, I, it was really good to see that because like for the past two years, since one of those tires had a leak, I had this ritual of any time I wanted to drive it, it had been, if it had been sitting for more than a few days, I had to back it out, yeah. fill up all the tires, and then drive it around. But at least that's not the case now. And it looks kind of cool, similar to yours. It looks kind of cool and meaty with these, yeah. with these tires on it. Yeah. Because they're just chunky. Rally car, bro. I, you know what would be funny, since you mentioned this just a second ago, let's take one of my super arrows and see if it fits on your Fiesta. I mean, I'm not not down. <laughs> that would be hilarious, because like, that would look um, interesting. <laughs> we should go to a car show together. <laughs> with Yes, <laughs> yes. You show up with the Integrales, I show up with the super arrows. <laughs> <laughs> what... Okay, what 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 offset are your integrales? Forties. Uh, okay, I think I'm tr- or forty two. I'm trying to remember what my sob. Naturally, it's sob. Everything's weird. So well, I, yeah, um, I'm gonna look up what exactly um the specs are. I know they're sixteen by six, like I said earlier. I just don't remember. And what- mine are uh, seventeen by seven and a halfs. I think. Yep. Let's see. And it is funny how we're still both on the same bolt pattern. Four, four on 108 is just such a weird bolt pattern. Oh, yeah, here you go. Look at this. See? Oh, you know I was talking about price earlier? Look at that price right there. 3,000 euros. <gasps> I mean, the euro is weak right now, but holy shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, so really, that's not far off what dollar value would be at this point. Yeah. That's... <laughs> wow. Uh, wait. Um, Why is that... Complete set. That's all eBay. Why is... Oh, they're not selling... That's weird. I'm on uh, 1552's website right now just trying to find specs. And in the silver, which is what my wheels are originally were, they're not selling them in uh, 4x108s. Gotcha. Anymore. Okay. So my <laughs> my offset's chunky. It's a, uh, okay. it's a 27 mil offset. That's okay. chunky. Deep. Yeah. So at least it would push it further away. So... That actually would. I would be. It'd be okay with mine. Uh, like, let me go to wheel specs here. Uh, so seventeen by seven and a halfs. Um, there's a thirty offset and there's a forty-two offset, I'm... and I don't know what I am. Gotcha. And there's a seventy-three. So for the thirty offset, it's a seventy-three millimeter center bore. Yeah. It's a sixty-three for the forty-two. They're both twenty-four pounds, and they're they both have sixteen hundred pound uh, load ratings. Okay. So okay, I, I would imagine. I guess if if we got um, what's the measure measurement tool for like a? Oh, I have one. Um, people and watches use them all the time. Yeah, probably computer stuff too. Yeah. Um, but it'll be stamped on the inside of your wheel. Like it'll be uh on the inside of your wheel. It'll have an ET uh marking. On yeah, it. true. So if we just took one off, we could easily find out. Yeah. What it is. Yeah. Um, that would be so funny though. Just you rolling up on deep dish three spokes that from go, the eighties. That would go so hard. Yeah. Uh, there are people that do swap uh other Ford wheels, uh like old Focus wheels, like from the early two thousands. I've seen that be a thing, which is mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Old SVT wheels. From like the late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, I mean, Fox body wheels are also four by one hundred eights. Actually, yeah, and I just remembered because uh, when I did this whole swap, we were over at my friend Carson's, and yeah. uh, we have a friend named Tyson that has a Merker. His Merker yep. runs on four hundred one eights, and he has his Enkies. That would be an interesting swap. What as well. An- I forgot what Enkies he had. Um, I don't remember, but I can pull up Le Photo. Um, but they are beautiful wheels, um, and they fit the car really well. But it's just. 
such a weird size because at this point it lives in a weird no man's land. Yeah. Um, they're these ones. Those are RPF ones. Cool. So he has RPF ones. Yeah. Um, hmm. So like if you go to a track day, it's like fucking all of the spec Z cars, uh, probably a lot of spec Miatas. Yeah. You see them on the street a lot. It's a de facto it's all it's basically a meme at this point of like oh you want a strong lightweight wheel rpf ones yeah and they don't look half bad either it was on, on that Merker, they actually look really good yeah i think they fit the car really yeah. well so what this means is we need to start up a uh utah local four by 108 wheel swap it's like <laughs> it's like wife swapping but wheel swapping we'll just start a facebook group and be like oh hey my God. hey sob super arrows trade for a week for something else yes exactly <laughs> Yeah, do like a short-term like swap. Yeah, just like, hey, let's trade for a week. See it, who fits. It, the, the problem that I see with that is like you need an agreement of people like treating wheels correctly, but also yeah. tires because like I'm not going to take my tires off. Tire, but also like I don't want to like come back to my uh, – uh, sorry, I spaced on my tires, uh, my Conti ECSs. Yep. I don't want to come back to that with like the front wheels being just fucking bald. Or uh, even if not just bald, but like even if somebody has a real shit alignment, you know, like – True. Yeah, just like showing cord after a week. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's those problems. Offset's a problem. And even beyond offset, um, even wheel weights can be a problem because, for instance, mm. um, uh, like I mentioned earlier, Audi S6 is like what I had from the early 2000s. They had 17-inch wheels from factory, fit just fine over brakes and stuff. Sure. Carson, with his rotiforms that are also same size, 17s, um, because of just the design of the inner barrel, he actually could not mount wheel weights on the inside because they would get scraped off by the caliper. Whoa. So even things as simple as that can be a problem yeah. with like certain brake setups or weirdness. Like, yeah. um, so like the one problem I could see with us swapping wheels is that m my wheels, although they are 16 by sixes and the offset right. is pretty aggressive, yeah. they curve in like this yeah. with the spokes. Uh, mine is still kind of an economy car. Yeah. So there's a chance that it'll clear. I think your, what's funny is I honestly- bodies? No. No. I think your brakes might actually be very much the same size as what's on my Saab. Because my, my Saab, yeah, my Saab's for the era were actually quite large. Yeah, because, I mean, there are people that run 15-inch snow tire, snow wheel, or wheels for snow tires. Yeah, because your brakes, I think, are only slightly bigger than a stock Fiesta's. They're not. Well, and I also have calipers in the back yep. instead of drums. Yeah, exactly. And that's what my Saab has as well. So I think there's a there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I'll steal your wheels for a week and I'll powder coat them gold while I have them. That would be interesting. I actually wouldn't be that opposed to that. <laughs> like, I, like the same gold-tastic that I have? Yeah, I, they would look good. Um, You'd still kill me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would deserve it. In a weird way, I actually really like that car in like the mon monotone spec that mine is in. Yeah. I, it just fits the car because the whole point of that car was supposed to be like the businessman's fuck around toy to, sure. a, to a degree sure. in the SPG spec. And I kind of like it better in the non-flashy colors in a weird way. I mean, I do too. I mean, f I mean, it's been that is the way that it is for so long. Mm -hmm. And with, you know, I, I associate the way that it is with you. Like I, it, it, it just makes sense to have it like that and not like a flashy red or yellow or something. And it's weird. Cause that car is what has gotten directly nine people to buy nine hundreds. That's cool. Cause AJ bought his, my dad bought his, uh, my brother bought his, um, my friend Dustin that also has an SPG, but it's red. Um, he bought his Nick. Uh, I mean like so many of my friends that have driven that car then like, Oh, I'm going to go buy one. That's yeah. cool. 
because at the time when most of that was happening, they were cheap. And now, like everything else, they're having their the moment of fame. They, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, with stuff. It's cars from the late '80s, early '90s. They're, yep. you know, I mean, the the, the part like Radwood is having it has been and will continue to have its moment. But the the critical part of Radwood is really from like '87 to '95. And those cars, that's right when Except those with cars like got Ferraris, good. Porsches, Lambos, and now Saabs and BMWs also, like all from that era, era are having moments. Yeah, it, it blows my mind still that there's been four 900s, and granted this is bring a trailer, but this is more just getting an air, like a, an air on the top of the market. Yeah. Like there's been four of them that have sold for 50,000 plus in the past year. Right. And that was never the case. Yeah. So it's... Pretty- and, that, and that's even with the market now starting to soften too. Yeah. And... The great thing about my car is I paid $2,700 for it, and it is not going to ever be valuable because of the unknown mileage. But mm-hmm. even though it's unknown, I know it's well beyond two hundred and fifty, three hundred thousand, like by my estimates because of all the documentation I have. Sure. But it's still TMU. Yeah, exactly. Total, total mileage, completely unknown. Um, but like, it's such the weird amalgamation of stuff because even though that's the case it has the original windshield yeah it has never been true. repainted it has never been in an accident yeah um and that will change i've mentioned before that like that car is coming up on needing a, a pretty a good amount of rust repair and repainting and body mm-hmm. work it's that time it's been 34 years at this point and also been driven in the winter yeah where there's salt mm-hmm. i mean i know people uh my good buddy donnie he doesn't drive his chevelle in the winter not oh, yeah. not because of the fact that it's a rear wheel drive muscle car because it's actually the the four-door it's yep. the malibu chevelle and uh it's rust it's it's but that car is fucking immaculate it looks brand new mm-hmm. and he won't ever drive that in the winter i don't blame is, him i, I don't I a don't blame them, but it's also kind of too bad. Yeah, you know. And there are with modern technologies, there are ways to help around that. Not not like re undercoating the whole car or anything. Right. There there are modern soaps, for instance, because that's what I do is detailing that have salt inhibitors in them. Mm-hmm. That if you spray them on there with like a soap can and let them sit for about ten minutes, they'll mm-hmm. actually neutralize salt, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, it's still not a surefire way, but no. my sobs suffer from a similar thing, except for even more weird. Those Chevelles and stuff, a lot of their problem is they don't have proper drainage. Water gets stuck in areas like in fenders, yeah. things like that. The sobs, they have proper drainage and they were well thought out. But what's funny with them is where they rust, there's a couple consistent places, but there's also a lot of inconsistent places, Okay, which come down from errors in undercoating or things like that because especially when mine was built in the era where they were building a lot of them which was 87 through 93 uh-huh that was also when Saab went through bankruptcy for the first time so there was probably a little bit of yeah combination cost cutting or labor problems or whatever mm-hmm. that caused them to not undercoat different parts so dustin's red spg for instance yeah it's almost entirely rust free except for a random spot when it was up in the air right underneath the rear driver's footwell like just in the middle of the car. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Just because that area didn't get undercoated as well, and after thirty years, that area was rusty. I mean, that's the most probably the most central part of the car, and they were just trying to get the outsides, and just didn't get that center part. So the common areas, like are the bottoms of the doors, and mine, uh, one of mine's been repaired once on the inside with like a poor fifteen. Um, it needs to be, but it's starting to rust again. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The trunks 
have it as well as um, mine. One of my jack points actually has uh, a rust hole through it. Okay. Um, it's a fairly... Expensive. So that's not where you want rust. No. <laughs> no. So I, ha- I always had to be careful on that side of the car. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's never gotten any worse. But, that, but there's a trans mount that you could use. Yeah, exactly. There's there's stuff that I could use. Yeah. But like, yeah, it, it's coming up on that because it did live in Boston most of its life where it wasn't as far as... Do they as, use salt out there? They do. Okay. Um, as far as uh, the individuals that I bought it from, because I am the fourth owner, um, I do know that the second and third owners made efforts to not drive it in the winter uh-huh the first owner it was a lease initially so i i don't know whether or not he gave a shit but uh realistically speaking it was in a salty environment that had snow for the winter and then it came to utah and has the same thing and yeah. it was my daily for four years so like yeah. it did go through the winter right yeah it's coming up on that but well and it's something that i always find funny um perusing through like fiesta sd for I, I call them forums there's facebook groups whatever yeah um it does the same fucking thing and uh, there are people that put their Fiesta STs away for the winter because they don't want them to rust. Interesting. Uh, it's it's a Ford Econobox, okay? Yeah, yeah. Like, the blend door is going to fail, you like know? Yours. Like yours. Like mine, where it goes... <laughs> when you start it up. Yeah, when I start it up. Well, it depends on what setting I'm on. Yeah. Um, some, some people's cars, you know, there's some bubbling that happens around the antenna or like around like the opening of the trunk out back. Like it's, it's just gonna happen. Like it's, it's, it's a more disposable product, which then, you know, with the hindsight of what we've seen with, you know, past cars that weren't that's all that desirable going up in value, like your Saab. Yep. You know, um, the ones that do get driven and driven hard and get clapped or like, you know, say Nissan 240SXs. Yes. The drift tax or now the 350Zs are starting to get this too. Um, you know, I guess me driving my car all year in the winter, you know, pot potentially getting some rust. Like I, I don't have any body rust. Yeah. Um, there's like a little bit on the undersides, like around like the control arms like on like the thin parts of it, like where it kind of tapers off. Mm-hmm. Like there's like, a, it's minimal. It's like a little bit. It's not that bad. And those are also parts that are replaceable from the body, like bolt out, bolt in. Right, parts. right, exactly. Um, I don't know. I just think it's ridiculous that people put, uh, like, or people using, Fiat, I've seen FSSTs used this way and Focus RS is used as the, tr- as the f- track toy. Yeah. Like I don't understand why you would want a front wheel drive hatchback as like the track toy yeah i don't know um people are weird but uh, yeah but it, some people also think sobs are fun cars too so <laughs> ha, ha. i mean hey like there's no 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 there's there's worse than that that's nothing my sob uh, skin for those is, listening I'm, I'm doing the salt bay the, the salt bay see my sob skin is pretty thick at this point because i have to deal with dave raleigh where we have arguments oh, on yeah. the superior swedish automobile of course you and all the volvo guys oh yeah yeah oh yeah but at the end of the day we've got each other's backs we just have to ship fling at each other while we do things well yeah and it's like you know you are still the outcast in the automotive world of you know weirdos that like so- like Swedish. Swedish things. Yeah, exactly. Um, I did drive a Volvo recently, though. I did talk about this on the podcast. The the, the new Volvos right now are oh so good. Well, they actually. So I'm um, so I'm so into it. There's a YouTube video I watched a while back that I think makes a very good point. Um, and it was also one thing that was referenced when Top Gear did its sob tribute. So. Like when Jeremy was summing up everything about what him and James loved about Sobs when they were driving him, he's like, they were just the thing that made them amazing, but was also their best and worst quality was that they were so damn good at just being a car. Right. Just a functional 
everything you want, everything laid out the you know in a way that makes it function good, enough power. Like they had so many things that just made them so good at just being a car, tons of space, et cetera, et cetera. But that was also their biggest downfall because there also wasn't anything that was a standout feature. Right. And I think somewhat Volvo has taken what was good about that mm-hmm. and then added some standout features like their looks. They look phenomenal. Their design language in the past five years is fantastic. The interior game is really where, like, sure, like their exterior, like their, um, like the lighting and, the, you know, how everything's sculpted. And they've definitely won, up, they've upped themselves that way. Yep. But, especially in the interior department for me. Like yes. just the design, the font layout, even with the infotainment, um, but you know, how everything is just sculpted and designed. It feels like a high, it truly feels like a high end product and a well built made product. And I've always loved their, their like modern seat designs that came along with that. Mm-hmm. They are phenomenally Quite comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I think they took a lot of those lessons over the years that they saw from Saab because Volvo has never, never been quite as experimental as Saab. They both did safety things, um, in sure. different ways. That's always been one of Volvo's pillars is super safe. Were they the first, they weren't the first company to have airbags, but they were like the first to market it really hard. And mm-hmm. also the first like attainable car to like have safety features like ABS and airbags and that kind of stuff. Yes. So Volvo was the first to do, um, they invented three-point seat belts, and then they uh, made well, the patent free for all. Um, so that because they believed it was a safety not thing. not the S class. I do not believe no because Volvo invented them. Uh, they did. Yes. Okay. My my understanding is that like the S class has been like the one to really like make all that stuff, and like it eventually trickles down to other stuff. Yeah. So at least with the three-point seat belts, from my understanding, it was Volvo invented it and then made the pat made the patent free because they believed that it was an important enough safety feature that it shouldn't be patented or royalties or shit like that. And then um, the Saab had. Uh, in 1959, the Volvo engineer Niles Bolin uh, developed the modern three-point belt. Yep. And then uh, from there, so they had that, and they've kind of traded blows with a couple things. Saab's had a few. Saab was right there with them with airbags. Um, and Saab actually was the first to design breakaway engine mounts. So the, the engine went under the car and not back into the cabin. That's nice. Saab was so the, you don't get an engine in your lap. Right. Um, Saab was also the first to, to engineer crumple zones. Okay. Um, so like my car, for instance, is one of the prime examples. If you look at crash photos of 900s, um, they... So they, they lack certain safety features. Like if it's before 1990, they don't have ABS, yeah. airbags or things like that. But from a structural standpoint, they're still considered to be one of the best from mm-hmm. just a sheer metal mm-hmm. standpoint. Because the fact that that car weighs 3,500 pounds and it's only about a foot longer than your Fiesta and about the same width. Yeah, it's fucking dense. It is a dense lad. Yeah. Um, you know, you knock on the roof of that thing. It sounds like you're knocking on a like a bank vault door. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they traded blows with that as they were going around. And I think what happened is over the years, Volvo would see, because um, as far as I'm also aware, the companies did have a good relationship because they were only about two hours away from each other in Sweden. Oh, cool. Um, as far as I'm aware, um, being that Saab was always, we want to build it better, not cheaper, but we have to compete on price. And that's what fucked them over twice and got them bankrupt twice. Yeah. I think Volvo would kind of you know, look at that and take some inspiration from it as things went along. They also got a bunch of money from China. They did. Because um, Volvo, yeah, Volvo got bought out by uh, Geely. Geely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then now, I think since Saab has been gone... They, I know they actually hired a bunch of the Saab engineers when oh, it all cool. went under. So I know okay. that there was some like camaraderie that happened there, as well as 
I think they've looked at it and I know they've absorbed a lot of the customers as well because it's the only other Swedish brand, another odd one. And also taken some of the inspirations of years gone by. Like there was even once that I saw an advertisement where they actually kind of paid a little homage like we, you know, feel bad. And I know there was even talks of Volvo buying Saab at one point. Like yeah. all these things went around when all the shit was going down in 2010 when Saab finally went under. But mm-hmm. um, I, I just think that with all of where Volvo has gone now, I think they've taken kind of the best of what they learned over the years, the best of what they saw Saab do over the years and implemented that with new technology and new designs and avoided some of the weirdness because they've, they're not as quirky as they used to be. Neither Volvo no. nor nearly as much as Saab No, but they do drive kind of strange. They do. And I think, and a lot of that's due to their strange powertrain. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Turbo Super. Yeah, the one that I drove was the T6. So that, that's a twin charge, right? Yep. But it's, it's twin charge, but not hybrid. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so their their product stack now, because uh, it used to be that like T4 was turbo 4, T6 was turbo 6. T5 way, was a five-cylinder. Way back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Now they've just taken those same names and applied them to power levels effectively. I've only seen anecdotally T6 and T8s. I don't know. So I guess if you were to buy just a turbo four-cylinder, it's a T4? I don't. Here in the States, I don't think those exist anymore. Let me go onto Volvo's website. I, I think the T4 does exist, but I don't think we've ever gotten it since the new rebranding and stuff. I think it's just T6s and T8s, like you said. Okay. Because the T8 is the, is the hybrid. Um, yeah. That's like the... Um, so all, all of the cars are twin-charged then? I believe so. I believe they all share the effective same twin-charged Let me see. I want to check this out. Uh, I'm going to go to, let's just say, an S60. Yeah. It says gas or hybrid. Um, I'm going to build one. Again, I'm going to go on here. Our car starting at forty one thousand. They've been fairly competitive on price for what they are um, at this point. Volvo for for what they are. Um, the, I guess. It, I mean, they've always run high though. They've always run a little high, but yeah. they're. I think they're not as high as they were for what you're getting. It is always a surprise, but when you take a first glance at it, it's pretty. It's a yeah. little higher. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I believe so. The uh, Carson, the friend I mentioned earlier, like he still it's wants a that. B five. There's a 2023 S60 B five, all wheel drive. Interesting. All wheel. So B five. It says all wheel drive mild hybrid. Gotcha. Uh, Interesting. I know they also did a thing at one point where they had a split system with rear wheel electric, front wheel. Okay. So I'm looking under, I guess I went to the wrong thing. I went to shop like new car inventory. Yeah. Um, but it says it's choosing from engine type. And this is just through Volvo's website, gasoline, plug-in hybrid, or pure electric. Yeah. So pure electric being Polestar, probably. Yeah. I think at this point, I don't even think they have a true hybrid. I think it's either pure gas, plug-in, or full, just like what you saw. Well, there's they have mild hybrid. Oh, it's mild. A, it's a 48-volt system, like in the yeah. RS6, per se, or you know, like a lot of what's going to be coming to Lamborghini, Yep, other stuff like that. Um, I, I, let's get away from this. I did this all wrong. I just want to build a car. Shopping tools? Their I web- haven't like built a car online in a long time. And to be quite fair, their uh, website's a little whack. Yeah. 
I, I always forget that the the V8 that ended up in the XC90 for a while was a Yamaha engine. Yeah, and that's also what was in the Noble M600. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what did she have? My best friend growing up's mom had an XC90. I think it was a... No, I think it was a T6. I don't think she got the V8. Yeah. Which is surprising to of knowing who she is. Um, Explorer mild hybrids, electric cars plug-in hybrids okay i did find a list of volvo engines just on in general so they do have a oh what's the source um it is a wikipedia source but it does actually have a source source which yeah, is yeah. um a deep volvo document. i was just trying to see what you could buy now like you know what what they had yeah um i do believe here in america like i said it does seem to be because i also have volvo's website pulled up t6 or or the plug-in or full electric or t8 yeah um so they, so you can't just buy a, like a turbo four cylinder. Nope, I think we are all turbo super. So they gotcha. do, ha- they do have a T two, three, four, and five, which are all single turbo four cylinders that all just step up in power. Um, are those being made now though? Are those new? Like, so what are those in? Those, that's a good question. Um, I believe those are going to be in the smaller cars that we don't get here. Ah, gotcha. So like, because then they have, they basically have T two, three, four, five, which are. From ninety, um, from one hundred twenty-two horsepower to two forty-five, so it's just going up. And then there's T six, which is the turbo super, which yeah. makes uh, around three twenty. And then there's the Polestar turbo super, yeah, uh, that is now I think that's go- the one that Carson was looking at, right? No, because oh. that's the T eight. There's a Polestar turbo super that didn't have hybrid. We are fucking in the weeds, ladies and gentlemen. We are. Holy but, shit! And then there's the T eight that is that engine plus hybrid. Okay. So, which is around um, 320 horsepower plus the extra 80 some odd from the hybrid. So, Carson was looking at the non-hybrid. No, he's looking at the hybrid. Oh, so he's looking for the full beans and potatoes. Yeah, because, okay. and granted, this is also confusing because right now Volvo's confusing because they have Polestar as a separate brand, but then they still have Polestar engineered well, in the brand. That's kind of like Audi S-Line kind yep. of thing. Um, but Polestar has been selling some cars, though, like with the Polestar 2s. Yes. Like, I did a delivery uh, was it this week? I think it was this week, where it was like a Volvo ad, like, or a Polestar ad. Like, it was the Polestar 2 that was in, like, the, the covered parking, uh, like, in the driveway. Yeah. Um, everything's super, like, contemporary, mid-century modern. Like, I walked up, I could see, like, the Eames chairs, like, in the, uh, in the living room. Everything was, like, super, like, clean. Correction. There is one car that we get um, Aha! that has a standard Turbo 4. Okay. That's the XC40 non-hybrid. So I I pulled up XC40 gas under the uh just under like the uh, the overview and stuff and I actually didn't even get to specs yet. So I think that is the one car though. I'm on their site now. Um if my computer wants to scroll down that would be super great. Yeah, uh mild hybrid for B4. So they're they're pulling an Audi. Uh, they have a B4 front wheel drive and a B5 all wheel drive. They're mild hybrids. Uh the B4 makes 194 horsepower, and the B5 is 247. Okay. With an 8.10 to 60 and a 6.10 to 60, respectively. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, front wheel drive for the four, all wheel drive for the five. Um, I want to check out more performance data because I'm a fucking nerd. And everywhere else in the world, the XC40 gets the T3, which is a three-cylinder turbo, actually. That sounds like a very global thing to do um so the b4 is a four-cylinder direct injection turbo so that's what that is that so that is the your 190 ish horse uh let's see 
Yeah, zero to sixty in eight one. It's not giving me like like in typical Volvo fashion. It's not giving me like at RPMs or anything. Yep. It's just it's actually I have transmission, drive, acceleration, horsepower, torque, cargo capacity, max towing, and uh, weight. Uh, max. Uh, I guess yeah, the cargo weight, like the max cargo. Yeah. Is like like twenty two hundred pounds. What doesn't tell me how how much it weighs. <laughs> Yeah, so the give me all like the nitty gritty stuff, but the T two seems to be a smaller three cylinder, and that's in like the V forty and stuff like that that we do not get at all. Yeah, um, or the C segment cars as they call them, uh, to the the real small ones. Yeah, and then they have a diesel that naturally we also don't get, but yeah, the rest of the world does. You know, but I do really like the XC forty for just like as an uh, it, it looks. Hmm. I don't want to say it looks cute, but they kind of look cute, but in like a really like hyper modern way. I think I that, feel like it's going to age well, though. I feel like out of the modern, we'll call them mid-compact crossovers, um, I do think it looks much better than the rest of them. Yeah. I, I do think a lot of them have a tendency to just look like a squished, bigger one. Kind of, um, yeah. I think that the XC40 did a lot better job of taking that and actually sculpting around it versus just looking like a squished XC60. Right. Yeah, no, it it, it is the epitome of... Like of an attractive personal mobility pod. It's the thing that to take me from place to place, but it's a nice inside. It's a good place to be. It's efficient-ish. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be like uh like a Tesla. It's not going to be like a Leaf. It's not no. going to be like any of that stuff. But um, I don't know. If someone was looking at one of these, these are like what thirty six starting. Um, if someone needed like a six hundred dollar a month payment on something that was nice but like not crazy, like fucking check this shit out you know and it could be good and like i do know from actually carson going and attempting to buy that v60 polestar um the volvo dealer um said that they're they've kept markups more or less non-existent um here in salt lake which is good because yeah. that's we've mentioned before it's been a constant problem and it's thorn in the side of several friends that we have yeah um and so uh, Especially on something like an XC40, you're, the likelihood of having a market was pretty slim because it's not a uh, crazy car. So, like, you probably could get it for actually, like, if you ordered in a base spec, you probably could get it for 36 plus just regular Depending. registration. Depending. I mean, RAV4 Primes also have, like, a $15,000 markup. So, it it's not just the enthusiast market. <laughs> yet again, it, I mean, it really does depend on the dealer. Because they, yeah. they're going to look at anything like, okay, we anytime we get one of these, it sells out instantly, add an extra 10 Gs on there. Sure. I mean, Mark, who is it, who is it Mark Miller? Or no, who's the Toyota dealer in downtown? Uh, is it a Miller? I don't know. Is it know. Ken Garf? I am not sure. I should know. I Our new shop is around the corner from them. Um, Let's see. Yes, it's Mark Miller. Okay. Um, Mark Miller Toyota will sell you a BRZ, or sorry, uh, um, the new GR86 mm -hmm. at sticker. Good. They've been selling stuff at sticker, which is good. Um, so you have people like that, but then you also have RAV4 Primes going for 15 over, or Kia Telly rides, you know, at $65,000. Yeah. Which, which is like, it's a nice th it's a nice truck, but like, It's nah, not that. Nah. It's not that. Um, I mean, even, uh, uh, we mentioned before, Coulter, who is still on his car hunt, um, he actually did go attempt to like just see what a, a Type R sure would be. Yeah. Um, performance performance Honda did tell him they like yeah seven thousand dollar markup. That's not 
terrible. I hate to say that it's not terrible, uh, but it's better than the shit we've but seen. The, but the, it's still $50,000 uh, Civic. Yeah. Because the, they're, they're starting at forty three. Yeah. So at that point, I mean, 50 to 52 depending on the couple of options. But he was also looking at a $50,000. Like, if you're looking at just numbers of, like, how much yeah. you're spending on the thing, yeah. I do feel like a Type R would be good for him maybe at this point of his life yeah because he still has the g35 mm-hmm. that's not going anywhere no he's gotten rid of the audi yep he i mean a 400z would have been really really cool he would have still been staying in the nissan family yep i like to see people stepping outside of their typical rut of either brands or even models yep because you have the people that buy mustang after mustang it's like oh fucking move on mm-hmm. you know i mean i get stuck in porsches a lot of the time um, but they are also a different enough vehicle from a lot of other things that, like, they have their own thing. They yeah. are their own identity. Yeah. Um, but I've also gone from Subaru after Subaru to then owning a Ford, you know, hatchback. Yeah. Um, so I can still kind of, like, live up to that. So having him go from either an all-wheel drive wagon, I mean, naturally aspirated manual wagon, like a cool, like, that. that's definitely an enthusiast thing. Yep. Um, and also having a rear-wheel drive sedan. Dan, the G thirty five is still a sedan. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. I couldn't remember if it was the coupe or not. Uh, but yeah, going from that to a front wheel drive, it's some people put it in the hot hatch category, even though it's not a hatchback. Yeah. It's like with the with the current or, or the outgoing um, uh, STI or the current gen WRX. Like people, some people put that in the same like hot hatch import category. Um, but seeing him go to that is. Is, would be interesting. Yeah. I would like to see that for him. I think he would get more car for his dollar with the Type R than the 400Z. The 400Z looks like a sports car, and there are, I guess, a couple of different categories of sports car. Yeah. But from what everything that I've seen, they really have taken the 370Z chassis, thrown turbos on the engine, given it a reskin, a better interior, but adding weight, and it's still a grand touring vehicle. It's not really a buttoned-up sports car like people think it is. Exactly. Um, and I did give him a couple other suggestions if he was... Because he is somewhat willing to toy with the idea of used, but like new used, like four years or sure. so. Um, a couple of those were like, you could look at a TTRS. Oh, what, what are TTRSs right now? They're, or RS3s. Um, I think I would recommend an RS3 over a TTRS, frankly. Yeah, um, they have fluctuated a little bit. But because TTRS brand new was like touching 60, I think, base. Yeah, and I think that they have stayed in a, we'll call it mildly reasonable range of okay. like 50 to 60. Okay. Uh, just depending on year and model. Because I also like- know GT350s and M2s went back up because they were starting to touch the low 40s and now they're 50 again. So yeah, pull up right here. So 2018, so Gen 3 TTRS. Yeah, yeah. Um, with 40,000 miles for around 60. Um, yeah, miles don't matter anymore. It, they do not. Um, so it looks like the TTRSs have still stayed up 60 to 70, but I believe the RS3s in particular have actually been a little lower because you know people are going to look at the two-door sport factor. Of- I guess so. But I mean, people also buy RS3s for daily driver duty too. Yeah. Um, and well, daily driver duty and also throwing mad fucking power at him. Yeah. So I did actually make two or one used suggestion, one new suggestion that okay. actually took his. Why uh, hasn't he written into us to give us a car debate? I know. Coulter, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> and I know you're listening. <laughs> Do it right into Come us. Come on. But um, no, the one uh, used car that I actually thought about on a random day and just sent him a message was like, you need to look up this. 
a Jaguar XF Sport Brake. Mm. They're cheap because they only made, they only sold them here in the U.S. for three years. Hardly anyone bought them, too. Mm-hmm. They only sold them here in the U.S. for three years, 17 through 19. There's a guy that had uh, an A90 Supra here locally. He had that, and uh, I think he still has like a, a purple chow, uh, charger, I think. But um, he sold his Supra and got the XF Sport Brake in red, as one does. Yes. Um, so imagine I, imagine that with a BRG over tan. And I've seen some. In Dude. fact, you commented on one recently, and I saw it in the Green Car Appreciation Society. It wasn't tan; it was green over brown. Um, An XF Sport Brake. Mm-hmm. And you said great spec. Like I, I remember oh. seeing that scrolling oh. through Facebook. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So there's a white one that I do see running around the Sugar House area a lot. Um, yeah. I don't know how many that are actually in Utah, but yeah, Coulter. I mean, look at that. I mean, it, it, well, you have you have to look at. Uh, you know what somebody has mm-hmm. and what they've come from and where they could possibly go when you're making this kind of de- or helping with this decision um does Coulter need or want another wagon he's not opposed to it um he did like the wagon factor of the audi sure um, so i just pulled these up to re-verify this because i looked this up it was like a month ago that i suggested this okay. um yeah i mean they're anywhere from like 35 to forty-five thousand for a car that was 70 when new Yes. Um, However, they are. <laughs> they're still Jaguars that under Indian ownership, which which has been good for them. They haven't improved somewhat. Um, there are still some electrical issues I could see. I mean, my boss um, drives uh, an F Pace, yeah, the, the supercharged V six F Pace, and hasn't really had issues. She draw. She used to drive a block and a half, or not, not even a block and a half. She would actually drive though, which is fucking ridiculous. Pam. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> um, but she now drives from Sugar House into downtown. Yeah. And she will probably be putting more. But she would also take it on road trips yeah. um, and put some miles on it. And hasn't, to my recollection, had, I mean, it hasn't been trouble ridden. Yeah. It hasn't been like failed ECU after failed ECU after failed wiring heart. Like any of that kind of like weird electrical gremlin shit. Yeah. You know? It's been fairly robust for her. The advantage of, so the XFs, and again, we only got the wagon from 17 through 19. It was a very short window. Um, is that by the time we got this platform, it was already almost a decade old everywhere else. Yeah. So a lot of the- Same with the Ford Ranger, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so a lot of those bugs had been worked out to some, to the best degree that a British manufacturer under Indian ownership is going to be. True, true. Um, so like- like right here we have this beautiful red on black i'll pull this up um up to you um like we do have some good like options like so the xfs is still the three and a half supercharged yes cool um so it is supercharged and also fortunately by this era jaguar got the better infotainment that also has like carplay oh, and stuff like that yeah look at that so like the interior got a slight bump and because but, the older stuff looks really old now it looks very not like the 2000 stuff but even like a 2015 like it looks fucking dated now. It, it does it was very clearly designed in 2010 mm-hmm. um but there's a lot of options for these in varying prices and mileage and stuff but most of them have under 50 thousand miles a lot of them are still certified pre-owned yeah um you know like a lot of them have some oh those are nice wheels on that 2019 there. oh yeah nope that's the uh the, i think that wheel debuted on the f-type actually um the curved spoke wheel on like Did the it? base model f-types oh interesting um, okay because my the f-type that i rented had that but it was the carbon version of that oh cool okay um but like 
you know, there are plenty of these options that are in that price range that are really cool cars that like have a really good sounding engine, fast as well. Yeah. They're all wheel drive, you know. Yeah. They tick a lot of boxes being a wagon. Uh, they they do, and it's got a good ZF eight speed in it. Mm-hmm. Um I would like to see Coulter in something he hasn't had before. That was the other suggestion I made. Which is what? The other uh, type R? No. What? G seventy. Oh, which one? The old one or the car- or the brand new one? The brand new one. Yeah, okay. I told him, go to a Genesis dealer. Look at it. So, yeah. And he did yesterday. He did. So he's going to listen to you more than he's going to listen to me, but... <laughs> Colt is going to listen to himself more than anybody, to be honest. <laughs> That's fair. Um, you, but, have, you have a fighting chance, at least. So he went. He did go there. He test drove a G80 because they didn't... Uh, the G70 they had on the lot actually just sold. Oh, okay. So, But he was able to sit in it and look at it real quick. Yeah. Um, his only complaint with the G70 was primarily he didn't like the rear end, which I actually think the rear end looks pretty handsome, personally. Uh, I have more of a problem with the front end on it, honestly, I've, which is not... It's not ugly. I... Personally, I like the previous gen more. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Um, I'm I'm with you on front, that. It's color depending, though. The red is the business. That is the shit in red, in Ooh. my opinion. Oh, have you seen? Actually, um, let me pull their website up. Have you seen the new color they just dropped for this year? No. Okay, I need to show you. Is this. it green? Sort of. Oh, um, that was just a random guess. So the new color they dropped for this year, and I think I just have to click this and then go into the actual... Uh, oh! So there's two colors. There is a green. Okay. And then there is what they call Tasman Blue. What which is, that? is... Is that like a dark blue? Like almost black? No. What is What is this? I'm about to show you. Let's just... I'm just, I'm just throwing darts at the board here. There we go. I just got to go this and then go to... Also, did he ever drive your Stinger? He did. Uh, he rode in it. I don't think he ever drove it. Okay, gotcha. Um this oh oh interesting it's like a darker teal yeah i really like that that other one you saw right was this this like muted green yeah um this in person actually looks a lot better than it does on i was gonna say that looks a little out there it does it looks a lot better in person it looks closer to like a muted army green i Um, could really see him in a red though I could too. Like uh, red on black. And this is effectively the same red my stinger was. Yeah. Um, really beautiful color. Maybe a little brighter in person. Yeah. I li- I like this. This Tasman blue. I've seen one in this color and it is astonishing. Can you go person. to the back end? Yes. Um, probably just... As- yeah. Uh, go do one more. Oh, damn. Never mind. I was hoping for like a right or three quarters. Let's see. There, there we, we go. go. I mean, that photo probably makes it look a little bit more appealing yeah. than in person. Um, I like their, the fact that they've been uh, really identifying their brand with their uh, design language. Yeah. They're not, they, they really are becoming themselves and they're coming into their own. Here. Yeah. Um, if we're talking about, the, about it in a vacuum, I like the previous gen more yep. visually, um, but you're going to get, just a knock out of the park interior. You're going to have the same great dynamic chassis, a little bit shorter than the Stinger. Weighs about 200 pounds less. Yeah, so it's going to be a little bit more chuckable, but you're also going to have, you're going to feel executive as fuck inside. It is, a yeah. And actually, what's funny is I agree with you on the exterior. I like the original exterior more yeah. than the redesign. Yeah. I actually like, they did a couple small changes to the interior. So before we move on though, what yeah. I will say, and I think the reason why I like the previous gen more than this is because with the, design of the outside they are going more towards executive yep. and luxury whereas before it was definitely more on the sporting end mm-hmm. they were like here's a sports sedan here, have fun 
Um, yeah, so on the interior, if I can get it to switch to an interior. I uh, just probably keep swiping, honestly. Yeah, let's see. Let me just go this direction, see if it goes to the... Uh, I think you're... There making, we go. Okay. Cool. Um, so they did a couple small updates. Um, depending on the trim you get, this can now be like the hand-hammered aluminum. Uh, okay. Uh, so kind of like the Mark V R32. Yeah. Uh, that aluminum trim. Uh-huh. Um, the diamond stitching was always there. That's exactly what they want to hear, by the way. Uh, right. Exactly. <laughs> and they hired a bunch of Germans. I'm sure they're... They, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what they're aiming for. Depending on the spec, they also added this red, which I, is... It's too much. It's a lot. It's a, um, yeah. Maybe, maybe if it was just the seats, but... Um, so they did add a couple other like interior options i think it was a i guess that is what's the gray oh that's like a like a slate gray or a light slate it's actually fairly nice i've seen one of these in person okay Um, i think it's a good balance between like a white and a gray Mm -hmm. um yeah like a chalk really it is yeah yeah um so i think that's good um i would probably get it with the black with red stitching i think that looks yeah nice and then um they also update. They updated just a couple small things on the interior. So I actually like the new interior more, the old exterior better. Sadly, there's no combination to both of those. You're not gonna rip the new interior out of a new car and put it in an old car. No, no. Oh, <laughs> as fun you, as you that don't, you, don't, you don't think that's worth it? Not really. <laughs> um. So he did end up driving the G80 though because what do you think? He actually liked it. Um, cool. The new G80. Um. Because they've kind of leapfrogged a bunch. The G70 came out in 17 along with the G90. And the G, because the G80 had existed for a year before that, yeah, I think. A couple. I think, didn't the G80 originally come out in like 15 or some shit? Oh, I clicked the wrong one. Uh, yes, it did. Because um, the G80 was the first. Because Sasha's to... uh, stepdad has one. Yeah, the G80 was the first to drop. And that had like the big 5.0 V8 in it. Yep. So the, the 5.0 no longer exists in, in the high end G80. It is right. the punched out 3.5 Stinger motor. So there's a 3.3 and a 3.5. This now gets the three point. So, I'm sorry, you're saying the five liter is a punched out three five? No, sorry. Uh, this originally got the five hundred uh, or the uh, five liter V8. You're right. Now they, this is a three point three. Three. This is a three point five. So they took the Stinger's three point three and they punched it out to three point five. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Cool. So this now makes three seventy five horsepower versus the three sixty. That says three hundred right there. Yes, that's the base model four cylinder because their two point five four cylinder makes. Why would they advertise the four cylinder first? I don't know, um, but. I do know that they have the 3.5 uh, variant. Yep, see right there, 3.5T. Okay, gotcha. That's weird. It is a little weird. Um, but he did like it. Um, it is, I think, this car and the G90 have definitely uh, gotten a little weird on the front. See, I think it fits that, though. Because it it's, it's all about road presence, but while also not being flashy. And I actually really like the rears of these. Yeah, I do too. Um, I, I think that the I think the first year of both the redesign of the eighty and ninety were a little weird, and I think the second year, once they did a couple other tweaks, mm-hmm. I think they look pretty handsome. Now they've mm-hmm. really identified themselves. They don't just look like a, a copy Mercedes, right? Um, and that's that's the whole point that they've been going for with this design language of like the two lines mm-hmm. for the both the headlights and also the brake lights. The difficulty is to get a G80, you know, you're going to be, especially if you're getting a loaded one, like what I'm building right now, you're going to be in the seventies, you know, but that's also the point. It is the point, you know, it is a, supposed to be like, we'll call it a five series, five series because the G70 is for the three series buyer mm-hmm. or the C class buyer. This is for like the E class or three or five series buyer. And then the, the G90 is like more is seven series, right? Yep. And then if you go to the interior, um, like these interiors are pretty good. Um, the new G90 interior is wild. 
Um, well, I, that's, you know, like a seven series. Yep. But so interest, these in, have an interesting seat design. Yeah. Um, this, you know, this interior is much more muted compared to the other two. But if you go to the, like the new G90 that just dropped this year, cause it just got its refresh. Right. Well, so, I mean, for the G80, it's slating in between more of a sports sedan interior and also a crazy hyper, not hyper luxury, but like a higher end luxury sed- executive sedan. It's mm-hmm. it's slight. Sl- uh, <laughs> it is um, positioning itself in between the two. Yep. And so even the five liters gone from the G ninety now. Now it's a electric. So it's an it's a electric boosted. They call it e supercharger. It's That's a, a terrible name. It is. Very much so. Yeah, uh, but uh, that's a mild hybrid, probably. Yeah, it, like it's a, a boosted like fifty horsepower extra, three point five. Okay. So, um, go here. What I wanted to get to was the interior, because oh my god, is it crazy? It's like that's ooh. nuts. Can you find another interior shot? Uh, yes. Or not. Or not. Apparently not. We can go fuck ourselves. Um, if I just go pack and go back to the main page, I can just go to the gallery there. Yeah. It's they went quite wild with this one. Um there we go. Like very nice. Yeah. Like look at the steering wheel. It is like that's pretty elegant. I mean, I, I, I'm, I like, I'm distracted by like the forged carbon that's like on the dash and stuff. Yeah, I actually like the steering wheel how it actually has the color matched center. I yeah. think that's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, I do think the trim is gaudy as fuck. Um, that's the that's the rear control center. Like it's yeah, it's, that, that's got a lot going on. I think I like that though. If you go back to like that other steering wheel shot, mm-hmm. um. The combination of like uh purple, it's it's almost purpley chocolate, and that might just be the photo. Yeah. Um, but like this deep cho- chocolate brown with like compress. I I've never liked um compressed or uh what forged carbon. Yeah, neither. Have I've I. never really liked it. I kind of understood why it would be like on like a performante or yeah. something like that. But beyond that, I start to get lost. Um, not a huge fan of that combo. But if we're just looking at like the lines yeah. of how just everything is like drawn out and designed, I do like it. I did actually just notice something that I like a lot. So clearly, this has uh, what one of the things. Well, we've people ta- are listening; they're they're not watching. So yeah. So clearly, we've talked about nothing's clear here. <laughs> we've talked about before that uh, a lot of vehicles these days are going to just the huge panels, kind of like Mercedes did sure. with this big wide display thing. Right. I like these two little uh, buttresses that come up on the left and right of the gauge cluster that separate that big LCD panel. They, they break it up and they have buttons on them. Yep. I don't know what those buttons are, um, but there it says leather. Uh, the, the main part that breaks it away is this like lowered uh, leather bit that comes up and at an angle to the top of the screen to br- uh, separate the gauge cluster from the, I guess, infotainment. But it has some stainless steel on it, or it looks like steel. Um, can you maybe find some other pictures that might be a close-up of what those buttons might be. I know there was a, I know there was like a bigger gallery. Let's just go to design and see if that has more. If you have to ask, you probably can't afford it. Yes. Exterior gallery, interior gallery. Okay, here we go. That's not really what I'm looking for. Let's see. I don't know if they have a close-up. Ooh, they, they have a neural shift knob. Hold on. Go back. Go back to. Okay. There you go. Hello. Uh, that's a plus and a minus there, and that almost looks like a light. I oh, think maybe it's a washer. I think that's interior uh, illumination. Uh, okay, keep going. 
That's it. That's it. God damn it, Jesus. <laughs> oh, here, here you go. I can't open it up That's to zoom really in, it. but you know, it, it's interesting. Oh wow, LED illumination on the insides of the sunroof shades. That looks like my Fiesta ST sunroof. <laughs> That's like bleeding light into it. I know. Um, anyways, I, I do appreciate this as a separation versus just great yeah just the huge thing and that's such a small touch that probably didn't cost him that much to do that adds so much more design to it rather than just this 30 inch wide lcd ish panel well that shit's cheap yeah so like this actually yeah like you said costs money but it also like breaks it away and it identifies it better than just like um this massive slab of black yeah i wish more things would do that no genesis seems to be a luxury company with a personality where it's like mercedes audi especially and also bmw bmw struggling with their identity mercedes i mean i guess they kind of have their own but it's not that definitive no um audi is getting more dihedral with their design (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and I think that really opened up a great mark, uh, a place in the market for Genesis, because also Acura is fucking struggling too. Yeah, they don't know what they're doing. No, you know it's funny. I think I've actually, it's not by by no means is it the only thing that has happened, but I think I've actually figured out what has led to like the Hyundai Genesis revolution. Because we know it was because they brought over a bunch of engineers, a ton of like you know upper level management, mm-hmm, a ton of upper level management and design team changed, and they tried to really move. Well, and all, the, the R and D department. Mm-hmm, they was, tried to move all three brands forward: Hyundai, Kia, and then create Genesis um, at the time, because that started in around the 2010ish era. So a similar thing kind of has happened to the tech uh, world where uh, AMD, which is one of the big processor brands with Intel, about seven years ago, had kind of been driven into the ground by just straight businessmen doing stupid shit and throwing stupid sales tactics out. And then upper level management changed to um, the CEO is a PhD engineer. She's mm-hmm. not a businesswoman. Her name's Lisa Sue. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like awesome presentations, really to completely turn the brand upside down, redid it from the inside out, and now they are pushing shit out that's faster than Intel for cheaper and like like better all around. You're not sacrificing anything. Similar to kind of like what I've seen also happen here with like Hyundai and Genesis, where it kind of seems like the same thing. It seems that the problem with corporations and brands is if you have somebody in the top seats that is just a business individual that doesn't have like design experience or anything like that, you know the brand stagnates or doesn't have a really good identity if you flip that you get people like beerman you get all these other individuals involved from, folks from audi too mm-hmm. and you you carry them over to your brand yeah your brand guess what has a resurgence in quality and popularity and design and you actually get shit done because the people at top actually know what has to go on at the engineering department to make shit happen i'm just curious to see or to see to find out or to know uh, how long it's really going to take for Genesis and also Hyundai Kia to really eliminate that mantra that they've been trying to get rid of for 20 years. Because yep. you still have people, a lot of which from either from here or from like the Midwest or from the South, mm-hmm. that they just see the the logo that's on the hood and they go, I will never own one of those because it's from Korea. Yep. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of that is why Kia did their logo change a few years back, because they just were like, yeah, 
you know, we need to... No, that was like this year or something. It was like really recent. Mm -hmm. They just were like, we need to ditch that. Yeah. Because that has a lot of stigma. And although it's not changing the brand name or anything, uh, just looking at that oval that they used to have uh, elicited cheapness in a lot of people. Yeah. And... I don't know. I, Which is I, funny because when I see that old logo, I actually think of your singer, I, and I think of like a really great car. So right? I don't know. It, it's weird. I think it could take. I think what it might be, the perfect storm might be what's going to happen in the next roughly ten years with electrification and stuff because they've already started doing it. In fact, right here, GV sixty like, electrified G eighty and the GV sixty. Yeah, you know they already have two models that are both look fantastic and like perform really well yeah the gv60 really looks futuristic as fuck like that that of all the cars that you can buy on sale today mm -hmm. i think it's this and the ev6 which has been selling really well here yeah i see them all the time uh i probably see more ev6s than i do volkswagen id4s which is not what i expected no i expected here. to see id4s all over the place and honestly the ev6 has some road presence it really it, does it looks pretty sweet for yeah. what it is yeah i remember um, the first time i saw it it actually snapped my neck i was like holy shit what is that yeah yeah and i think between that and like the gv80 which i believe you can even get in a hybridized platform i think that that will hopefully could be their perfect storm because if you look at that they're doing it with all three brands hyundai kia and genesis all three of them have kind of really started to pump out things like the ev6 like the uh, hyundai um which one is the hyundai one i'm trying to remember the one that looks like uh 80s throwback kind of oh the ionic 5 yes the ionic yeah. 5 the gv60 i think that this could if it's done well mm -hmm. in the next 10 years be their ticket out of that brand image that'd be great i really do think it could be because it, it's what could set them apart, and it's what is starting to set them apart. I think so. I I do like the design language uh, that tra that we saw on the um, the G seventy mm -hmm. on the GV eighty. I think that's actually where it looks best. I think it's a very handsome SUV. Oh yeah, very handsome. And I, I like it's the a huge fucking grill, but like at yeah. least it's somewhat. Uh, relevant and proportional to the size of the vehicle and then it i i actually like the rears on these as well which also have that you know the similar two strikes um and whatnot yeah that that's like what i said before it's their design language and their brand identity yeah and, and it, apparently the, they actually these these suvs also drive really really well yeah and I mean, the interior almost is, you know, similar to some of the others. It's like that steering wheel does look a little old, though. Yeah, it does. Um, but I do think they, they almost took like a the a Bentega design. I was going to say that. Yeah. And then unbently did it a little they, bit. They, they did the Bentega the way it should have been. I agree. It's almost like a Bentega in an Aston DBX, actually. Yes. A little bit of that. And I think that they did it like really well. I think the combination of those, it still looks unique. It doesn't look like a direct copy because of the grill on the front and because of the rear. But I think it was like, huh, that looks kind of like a Bentega, but in a good way. It's a good reference, right. not a bad reference. Right. So You know what's funny? The I've softened on the Bentega yeah. like, of like the looks of it, and I'm still pretty um, steadfast on the Urus. The, I don't think the Urus will ever be appealing to me. I, I am with you on that. Yeah. I, I, I actually, I, I prefer Cullinan over the Urus. Yeah? I, I could actually see that. The Cullinan, while it's kind of brash and odd, is at least not... It's not attractive. It's not. It's not, yeah. It's not attractive, but at least it's not intrusive it, like it, the Lamborghini is. And it's also honest. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. Um, um, actually, I was going to mention one more thing right here because I had looked this up when I was looking this up for Coulter. One of the cool things that Genesis is doing is with all the new models. Not only is like all your service included up to thirty six thousand miles, sure. but they will come pick your car up and drop one off for you, do service, yeah. and then swap them back so that you never have to set foot in the dealership. I mean, that's the kind of shit that like. 
that Lexus was doing, they weren't doing lit- literally that, but that's the headspace that they had when the LS400 came out in the 90s. Yep. And like they really were trying to set themselves apart, you know, I guess we're seeing a similarity there too. Yeah. Of uh from the Germans. Yep. Like that was their the the service experience and the dealership experience was unlike anything else I was out there. And they and also, that's also part of what sells cars too. Yeah, and they they had another the other weird thing that I found was they have what's called uh they called it what do they call it? it it's part of their connected service, but basically they they made it so that you could actually use your phone as just the key, similar to like how you could do that with Model S stuff. Where which just NFC, which I, I think is always kind of mm, interesting. That's I I only see that as problematic, and I'm not the only person to say that either. No, but. no, I know. I think it's uh, cool tech, I, but at the same time, yeah. um, I do agree it can. I would like a physical key. I mean, my my fob is one thing. I I want it. Put that in there and turn it over. I do miss that. Yeah. Um. I mean, I still. I still love like even my stinger key. Like I do love that. Design. That was a great key. Yeah. If what's funny is it's actually sitting in my office right now, not in the lockbox I usually have it in. Cause I still have one. I didn't trade in both keys. I kept one. Why not? That, th- that doesn't sound legal. They don't give a shit. They just need one key to the vehicle. That, oh. There's no agreement that has to go there. Okay. Um, no. So I still have one of my keys. Um, okay. but like, it feels just so good in the hand to have an actual physical thing, even if it's not like a turnkey. They were really ergonomic, but also had a sense of theater about them, like feeling like, you know, you'd set off a bomb with it. Yep. It's super fun. But at least having that key versus nothing or like a credit card like the Model 3s have, right. you know, I, I much prefer that or or built into phone. I like NFC. the idea of having something like a credit card key because you really can't just have it in your wallet. You don't have to worry about where's my key. Yep. But at the same time, Yep. You can lose it like that, or like if you lose your wallet, you're really fucked. Yeah, and that's where it's... Or how can you like really tell that your car, if your car is unlocked? Yep. Like walking away from it? I hate that. Yeah, yeah. that's one of the things I hate most. I want to hit, hit a button and see the lights go on and know that it's locked. Yep, and the, the, like the phone thing to me goes both directions. It's like, okay, potential security risk because people do know how to break NFC codes and yep. things like that. Um, or what if the app crashes? Mm-hmm. Or what if the app crashes? Or um, like I do think it's cool, for instance, having an Apple Watch like I do. Like you could just use that. Don't even need to use your phone. Sure. Like cool ideas in yeah. theory. Yeah. Um, and I think that as the world goes forward, we'll find better ways to implement that. Right. You know, that are less risky. Sure. But at the moment, it's like I would still rather have smart keys have gotten good enough that they're not a problem anymore. I'd rather just have a smart key with a push button because that's what yeah. most things are these days. Sure. Um, there's just, you know... I do also herald and miss the good old days of a good old fashioned mechanical key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it got the, a little light that goes around like where the keyhole is. So sometimes it turns red. Yep. Yeah. It, I don't know. I, you know, I, Get I, off guess, my lawn. I guess we're becoming old men. Get off my um, lawn. <laughs> Cause all of my cars have, uh, the only two cars I've had with smart key are my Tacoma and the stinger. I'll, everything else has been standard key. And mm-hmm. There's a sense of uh, theater and drama with that. It's part of reason, so. right? Like even the Rossian. I like the fact you have to turn disarm alarm and then push button it's kind of a cool process that's true the the elise had a, an element of that in the s2000 too because that was a you know you turn the key but you hit the button kind yeah. of thing i kind of like i've always liked the combo of those two things because it makes it feel a little more purposeful for a sports car yes yeah, yeah not yeah. for a daily i don't want that on my daily i just want to hit the button and go exactly <laughs> exactly so well 
probably about time. We're How long have we been going? Hour and a half. Yeah. I mean, there's a good <laughs> chunk of that beginning for personal reasons we're cutting out, but yep. uh, just because I wanted to do a warm up. Yeah. But uh, it feels good to be back and like returning to some normalcy. So mm-hmm. uh, see you all next week. Um, we need to start promoting our merch, I think, at the beginning of podcasts because yeah. people haven't bought any merch so, so um, go buy your shit uh, www.exhibitionofspeed.com is where to find hoodies hats t-shirts uh stickers etc um but until next time i have been gavin and i've been justin and this has been the exhibition of speed podcast goodbye